Hey, welcome to Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I'm not the perfect dad, but every day I am trying to be better. Thank you so much for being with me, and I want to say that I am really thankful that you were listening to this podcast. It is amazing to me that there are so many people listening all over the world to this podcast. It is humbling and it is rewarding for me to see that, that there are people listening in Ireland and Australia and in Russia, India, all over the place. That's wonderful, and I I appreciate that, but I'm grateful that there are dads all over the world who want to be better dads every single day. But if you're listening and you haven't already done some of these things, let me go ahead and encourage you to do some of these things. First, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Secondly, I would love and appreciate it if you would rate the podcast. That would help me out. Also, if you would like to, you can follow Fathering Our Future on social media. You can do that right now on Facebook and on Instagram. On Facebook, you can also join the Dads Only group. All you have to do is send in the request to be a part of the group, and as long as you don't have a joint account with your wife, you're good to go. All you have to do is be a dad and not share a Facebook account with your wife. The standards are not very high, but it's a really good group. I think you're going to appreciate it. And then lastly, but definitely not least, I'd love to hear from you. I want you to share your story, your failures, your victories. If you have questions, ask your questions. Send me an email. Send an email to fatheringourfuture at gmail.com. Again, fatheringourfuture at gmail.com because I want you to join this community. Fathering Our Future is about three main things. That's helping men love being dads, helping dads strive to be better dads every single day, and building a community of dads where together we can better father our future. So, Thank you again for being a part of this podcast, for listening, for supporting, and I hope that you and your family are enjoying this holiday season. I really do, because this is a month of expectancy. Kids are expecting presents, they're expecting experiences and fun times, and you're probably expecting a pair of socks or who knows what from your relatives, but expectancy is in the air. An expectation can be a funny thing. It's a nice feeling to have an expectation and for things to go exactly the way you envisioned. You feel satisfied and accomplished. But it's even better when you have expectations at a particular level and things are better than you expected. You get that sense of being blown away that your experience was just amazing A simple example of this that comes to my mind is when I did some work for my wife's previous employer. She essentially compensated me with a free date night with my wife, so it was a good deal. She recommended this place for us to go eat at. We looked it up. We're like, yeah, this looks fantastic, and it's called Bob's Steak and Chop House. Now, if you have one close to you, do whatever you have to do to go eat there at least once because our expectation was this is going to be fantastic. I feel bad that that was my expectation because it was much, much better than that. I mean, it was, every bite was just incredible, and it just blew me away at how incredibly delicious this meal was. And those are wonderful things to experience when you have expectations that are 
relatively good and relatively high, and then you're just met with something that exceeds that. It's, it's a great experience. But there's also the opposite end of the spectrum. There's those times when you have certain expectations and things just don't quite meet the standard. And when that happens, it is never good because we nearly always have a negative reaction. For me, growing up, we used to go out to eat, and as a kid, I would always order Coke to drink. Now, growing up in the South, it was a small town, so not everyone who was a server always, you know, let us know that, oh, they didn't serve Coke products. They just served Pepsi products. And this happened more times than I can count, and I'm really devastated that it happened so many times. But we would go out to eat. The server would ask us what we want to drink. I would say Coke. They bring the beverage back. I take a drink of it, and God Almighty, it is Pepsi. And Pepsi is not horrible, but I don't really like it. But when you're expecting to taste Coke, and it's not Coke, it's Pepsi, for me, it was always like, oh, this is bad. Can I get something else to drink? I, I've been there when other people were like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> and they just lose it. Like, you took one sip of Pepsi. Yes, it was extra bad because you wanted it to be Coke, but it's funny what people do when they have an expectation and it is not met. And honestly, Coke's better than Pepsi, so we don't have to go into that discussion. But you know exactly what I'm talking about. You expect that raise or that bonus or that promotion on the job, depending on the time of year, a lot of times it happens around Christmas and you're expecting that. And when you don't get it or you don't get exactly what you expected, you feel disappointed. You feel robbed, lied to, rejected. And it makes you want to lash out and retaliate. And it's kind of funny sometimes because in the moment, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. I mean, if you expect a bonus, and you don't get what you expected, let's just say that, let's make it easy for everyone who's not great with math, let's just say that you expected $1,000 and you got 500 You get $500 extra dollars and you think, well, this isn't going to help me do anything. Well, yeah, it's going to help you more than nothing. It might not help you as much as 1000 did, but to just lash out and say, well, this is pretty much pointless, well, then just give it back. And no one typically does that. But it's funny because when we have this expectation, and the expectation is not met, sometimes we just act like a dodo bird. We just have a dumb response, but it's because we're not thinking clearly. We're being emotionally driven by our anger, and by our rejection, by our disappointment, and we do dumb things sometimes. So I want to talk to you today about expectations. And this is not going to be a just lower your standards, lower the bar chat. I want to help you have a good perspective for setting expectations as a dad. And I want you to learn to adjust when your expectations are not met rather than giving in to your disappointment or your anger. Now, as a dad, you have to keep in mind that your kids are prepared to have your mind blown here. Kids, they are constantly encountering new experiences. Now, it lessens as they age, but that still remains true. Maybe your kids are in high school. They're still going to encounter new things in high school. And I know it can be easy for us to look back and say, oh, we've been there, we've done that. But sometimes we leave out the part where we struggled or had uncertainties or felt pressures and just didn't know what to do. 
believe it or not, your kids will be the same way. I know that my kids are going to get hyper. Again, I've got a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and I'm about to have a one-year-old. I know that my kids are going to get hyper. I know that they're going to want to play. I know that my son will ask for a toy or candy every time he sees one in the store. And I have no idea why Home Depot or AutoZone has to carry that stuff. But I'm not glad about it. I expect my kids to be kids, to want to play, to want to investigate, to want to touch what they're told not to touch. Sidebar here. We all like to push the lines and boundaries. When we are told not to do something, we instinctively want to know why, so we try it even though we're told not to. When working with your kids, try advising them on what they can do. Distract them with something they can do, and I think you'll be surprised how effective that method is. But let's get back to expectations. I know my kids are going to be kids. But not everyone realizes that about kids. It baffles me sometimes when parents are like, why is my baby crying? Why are my kids playing with these things? Newsflash, they're kids. And that's what kids do. And it's the same as they get older. Kids are going to cave to peer pressure at some point. Kids are going to join in on something they shouldn't. And you'll feel embarrassed. You'll feel angry like they spoiled your reputation, and don't say that you never did something so stupid because it may not be exactly what your kid just did, but we have all fallen short of the glory, and you know it if you'll be honest with yourself. And the other thing is, in the learning process, there are mistakes. That is a natural part of the learning process. Think about it. If you start a new job, You'll probably have questions. You'll probably not know how to do everything exactly right or to the standard of your employer or clients. You might get corrected. But aren't you so appreciative when they aren't harsh with you, when they extend grace and take your mistake as an opportunity to teach you? Remember those things when your kids fail to live up to your expectations. It's like the parable where the man was forgiven of a huge debt, but he couldn't go back and forgive someone who owed him even less than what he previously owed. It didn't turn out very good for that guy. Just keep these factors in mind when establishing expectations, and don't expect your kids to get things right the first time. I'm guilty of this. I'm sure every dad is guilty of this. We tell our kids something one time, and for whatever reason in our mind, we think, well, we've told them this. They've got it. It should never happen again. That's ludicrous. You cannot think that way. Do not expect your kids to get things right the first time. But you're thinking to yourself, well, I told them not to do that, but they did it anyway. I've told you a hundred times not to do this. Learning requires repetition. Whether it's in school, in work, in marriage, in relationships, learning requires repetition. If you are going to master something, you have to practice it. You have to do the basics over and over and over, and you get the point now, over again. You have to be repetitious in what you are doing if you are going to 
learn. So as you instruct and teach your kids what they should and should not do, you should have the expectation that you are going to have to instruct and teach your kids what to do and what not to do over and over and over again because learning requires repetition. So again, remember that and don't expect your kids to get everything right after you instruct them one time or ten times. They need a teacher who extends grace. And if you have multiple kids, don't expect everything to be the same. There are vast differences between boys and girls, between the oldest child, the middle child, and the youngest child. My son wants to go out and explore the outdoors. He wants to pick up bugs and lizards, get dirty and dig. That's my son. My daughter, she wants to parade around like a little diva with a pretty dress, sunglasses, one of her mom's watches on, her little purse, while drinking a purple slushy. That's her favorite little beverage. She likes going to get pedicures and all of that. Boys and girls are different. And there's differences between your firstborn, your middle child, at least in our case, our middle child, because we've got three right now, and our third kid. And there's all this psychology, all of this data that has been collected about the oldest child, the middle child, and the youngest child. There's all of this data that's been collected because this pattern has been seen over and over and over again. For example, your middle child wanting to have attention. Now, you may think, I give attention to my middle child, but what you probably don't realize and always connect in your mind are the differences that your middle child goes through that your oldest child didn't. For example, Frankie was born. We did everything with Frankie because it was just us and Frankie. He got our full attention all the time. We read to him all the time. We did stuff with him all the time. And then we had Reagan. And there was a little period where Frankie had to adjust to some change because, well, now there's someone else getting attention. But Frankie, you know, adjusted, moved on. Frankie learned how to do stuff because he was older before Reagan did. Reagan learned some stuff way too fast. It was scary. But Frankie was older. He had had more experience. He'd been alive longer. So some things just came more naturally to him. My wife even said this the other day. She was like, I caught myself because I always ask Frankie to do certain things for me because I know he can do them. And Reagan's at the age that Frankie was when Frankie started trying to do some of those things. But since I know Frankie can already do them, I favor Frankie to do those things because I know he'll get them done rather than giving Reagan the opportunity to try and go do those things. And Reagan doesn't always get the full attention because we have a baby who's about to turn one who is entirely dependent upon us. Reagan has some autonomy. Frankie has even more autonomy. At, at least I think Reagan's this really diva genius kid. I'm, I'm looking forward to see what she becomes one day. But that's the thing that we often don't realize when setting the expectation of why is it that my middle child is crying and whiny and wanting so much time and attention? It's because they're not getting it. It's because they're not getting the attention that they need. You're giving them attention, but you're not giving them attention like you gave it to your oldest to your firstborn, when it was just you and them, 
they're not getting the attention like the baby's getting. They fall in that middle child sphere, and in that world, it's different for them. And you have to realize that as the dad. You have to realize what's going on so that you can frame a great and proper expectation when dealing with your kids. Don't expect to do something once with your firstborn and not have to do it again with the other kids. We read stories to Frankie all the time, and we always did. We always read books to him before going to bed. And life looks a little different now. We have three kids. We're in a different house. We're in a different area. Just life is different. You grow up and things change. But Reagan still wants us to read stories to her. And I had to stop myself tonight, actually. And I had to remind myself that I cannot deprive her of those same experiences that I gave to Frankie, my firstborn, just because my world looks a little different. You can't cast blame onto your kids because they want things that kids should want. Frankie went through a phase where he wanted us to lay in his bed with him until he fell asleep every night. He's past it now. But now Reagan's there. But some nights it's like, look, we've already done this once. We don't really want to do it again. But is it right? Are we just in our decision to say, you're not going to get it, but he did? Because when they grow up, it's going to be one of those things like, well, it's, <laughs> this actually happened. It was, why aren't there any baby pictures of me? Why, why do you have all these baby pictures? Because you're older than me. And why do you have all these baby pictures? Because you were the last one born, but I'm the middle child. And I don't have all these pictures that the both of you have. That, that's what ends up happening. And, and it's happened over and over and over again. So dads, just remember that there are differences. That there are differences, but you don't need to be different with every kid. You have to aim to be consistent. And I'll have someone talk on being consistent with multiple kids and dealing with the oldest, the middle, and the youngest child. We'll get to that at some point, but I want you to just be mindful of that so that you have the proper perspective so that you can frame a good expectation as a dad. Your kids will be different. Expect that. Don't expect your first child and your second child to be identical. If you have twins, shut up. But if you don't, and you're like everybody else for the most part, don't expect them to be the same. I'm reminded of the sleeping routines of our kids. So we had Frankie. We thought Frankie was great. We thought Frankie was an incredible baby. And then we had Reagan. And they were like, whoa, Frankie was not as good as we thought. So with Frankie, we had to rock him every night to get him to go to sleep, which, you know, pretty comfortable. You get to sit back, relax. I fell asleep all the time doing that. And it was nice. It was enjoyable. Reagan, totally different. Reagan from... Months old, wanted us to just lay her down so she could go to bed. It was pretty fantastic. I'm not going to lie to you. She just liked to sleep. She's always been independent. Now, Amelia, little JoJo, she's a lot like Frankie. She needs attention. She wakes up in the middle of the night. She's a different ball game. She she doesn't sleep like Reagan did. She honestly doesn't sleep like Frankie did. But there are differences. And if we had the expectation of oh, well, Frankie was pretty good and Reagan was even better, so things should just you know move up from here. No, you can't have those expectations. You have to perceive your reality, understand what's going on, and then frame that expectation. 
Your kids are going to be different. So remember that. Keep those factors in mind when crafting your expectations. But let's get to this. What happens when expectations aren't met? Things don't play out the way you wanted them to. You've got to learn to accept the change, embrace it, call the audible, and make the new play. I am reminded of... (laughs) This was crazy. So one night, we had this place called Rosa's. And on Tuesdays, they have this great taco deal. And we have one pretty close to the house. And we know it's busy on Tuesdays, but we can usually brave the storm and get through it. Well, I show up one day and I've got the kids. I've got Frankie. I've got Reagan. I don't think JoJo was born at this point, or at least she wasn't with me. We're in the car and we're in line and we're probably 50th in line. I mean, it was way backed up. And we're sitting there, and Frankie's like, hey, Dad, I got to pee. It's like, buddy, can you please hold it? He was like, no, I don't think I can hold it. I think I need to go pee right now. And it's really close to a Costco, and I'm thinking, okay, we could park. We can try to get inside somewhere. Maybe I could try to get inside Verosa's. I'm going to lose my spot in line. And I kept going back and forth with him. I was like, are you sure you can't hold it till we get through the line? I knew it was going to be like 45 minutes until we got through the line. But I didn't want to lose my spot because there were already like a hundred more cars behind me. Well, long story short, I pulled out of the line, found a nice little patch of bushes, sheltered my son so he could pee outside, got back in the car, and then took my place as like 222nd in line at Rose's. Finally got through it, and Wednesday we had our tacos. I mean, it that that's kind of what happened. But... I did not want him to have to go to the bathroom. My expectation was to get in line, wait in line, get our food, go home and eat at the time we thought we would eat. And honestly, getting out of line for him to be able to go to the bathroom added like another 30 minutes to the process. I didn't want that, but he's got to pee. I I can't be mad that my son has to pee. I have to accommodate that. I have to embrace that change, realize that this is my new reality. My son has to go to the bathroom. How do I accommodate that? And that's what we did. We recently had an experience at the zoo. We're members. We have our little yearly membership, so we get to go and do a bunch of different stuff. And they do this they do this members morning type deal where they feed you and you have breakfast and there's new activities. Well, we showed up this last time and we were there before nine and we're like, where is everything? They're like, oh, it was only from eight to nine which is never the case. I'm like, it's not nine o'clock yet. Where is everything? It's like they canceled it and didn't tell anybody. Well, we showed up to the zoo expecting to eat breakfast. Now we've got two kids who were hungry. So it was like, well, great. What do we do now? Well, we talked to the kids. We knew they were going to be hungry. We knew they liked to ride the little merry-go-round. So we get free tickets for that. One ride on the merry-go-round as a family. Off we went to go get breakfast somewhere and we still made a fun day out of it. It was not what we expected had a long trip out of the way to go to the zoo, but we made it work. Something that everyone can relate to, regardless of status, is when the child gets sick. We were on our way back from Disney. This was about three years ago now. We were on our way back from Disney, and Frankie had to have a little bug or food poison or something. He had chicken strips at one of the little Disney locations before we got on the plane. And he threw up, I think he threw up realistically eight times in the last 30 minutes of our flight. 
that was kind of crazy. But it would have been dumb for me to get mad that he just kept throwing up. Why would he get angry? Yeah, that's not my expectation. Yeah, I just wanted a smooth flight. I was trying to watch a movie that I hadn't seen before. And then all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I see the floodgates open from his mouth. It was pretty bad. I had to constantly clean him. We literally, we'd packed extra clothes. Like we were the prepared parents. But our son had to get off the plane with us holding him in just his little jeans. I mean, he literally looked like he came from where I grew up, just like the sticks. Like he's like, I live in a tree. That's what he looked like. But that's all we could do. That was the best thing that we could do with the cards that we were dealt in that moment. You have to embrace the chaos, the change. You have to call your audible, make your pivot, and go with it. That is how you get through when your expectations are not met. You have to do that because you cannot stress about things that you cannot change, things that you cannot control. Just embrace the change. Understand this is your new reality and situation and make the best of it. So I hope this helps you frame your expectations and deal with failed expectations. And remember, you have to do more than just listen You have to practice these things. You have to put them into action. And if you'll do that, I really, truly believe that you will be more successful in framing your expectations and doing a better job when expectations are not met. So again, go and find Fathering Our Future on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram. Join the dads group. Send me an email at fatheringourfuture at gmail.com. Let me know if you have questions. Let me know if you need help share your stories because I'd love to share them with everyone else and become a part of this dad's community. This is Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I hope you'll join me next time.